which is one of my favorite all-time sporting events to go to. I know I've taken uh, Caleb uh, and our family, and they're loud. They are loud. you got to have earphones, I mean plugs and earmuffs and all of that. But, uh, man, I appreciate you all coming down there and encouraging me. Head to the book of Nehemiah. And uh, several people came out and showed me the verse that I was missing this morning. Found it on that simple typo. Add just one number. And uh, it just throw it all off. I said, well, it's around here. But I said, I didn't want to take the time to hunt it. I said, uh, just uh, keep on moving. Nehemiah, book of Nehemiah. We'll uh, look at this tonight. Been uh, reading the book of Nehemiah here lately. Looking at... Uh, just uh, the success that he had even with the obstacles that Nehemiah faced in his life. A simple title uh, we've looked at down through the years, and that is Barriers in the Way of Blessings. Barriers in the Way of Blessings. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 9. Nehemiah 2, beginning with verse 9, the Word of God says, Then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant of the Ammonite heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. And I arose in the night. I and some few men with me neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me save the beast that I rode upon. And I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, and to the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I said on, uh, to the uh, gate of the fountain and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then when I up Then went I up in the night by the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley and so returned. And the rulers knew not whither or where I went or what I did. Neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. Then said I unto them, You see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste. And the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's word that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. For they strength, so they strengthened their hand for this good work. Go the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this opportunity tonight to express a desire to see blessings happen even 
in the way of burdens and barriers, dear Lord. May you just remove all barriers that stand in the way of your work, that we would look to for you for guidance. When this old world throws us a curve, when uh, Satan uh, just uh, throws uh, something in that just messes everything up, help us to keep our eyes focused upon you, dear Lord. And for us to not forget the reason that we're here, to see the lost saved, in Jesus' name, amen. To some we've visited with already tonight on looking at what is uh, the goal of our church. Uh, we had mentioned earlier, matter of fact, how that uh, a lot of churches are about maintenance instead of mission. And our mission needs to be what Jesus said his mission was. One of the greatest summary verses of Jesus that he ever stated was Luke 19.10. And it says this, The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. What a simple summary statement. You know, and whenever you get that kind of focus for an individual or for a church, why are we here? Here, Nehemiah, before he revealed why he was there, remember, uh, he had, they were uh, just now coming back out of uh, Persian captivity. They were just now coming back from being slaves in another land. They're coming back to their hometown, so to speak. He got permission from the king to go back to his hometown and to re He said, I hear my city, my hometown, lieth in waste. And he knew that he had the king's blessings, and he felt the burden from the Lord. Again, thinking about this title, are there barriers in the way of blessings? Now, of course, we know that as he thought about this, two of the main culprits to this as barriers was verse 10, Sanballat and Tobiah. You know, in order for us to uh, receive a blessing, in order for us to do something, you have to have a desire given to me by God. It says in verse 12, his desire, Neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart. Think about that real quick. What has the Lord, not yourself, but what has the Lord laid upon your heart tonight? What is He leading you to do? You say, well, Lord's leading me to do such and such. Well, of course, we know that if God ever leads you to do something that is against his word, we know that it's not from the Lord. But we know that as God leads us, he leads us to please him. He leads us to witness to others. He leads us to tell others about him. There's always a barrier sometimes. It, it, the barriers could be literally obstacles like this uh uh, mule or donkey that he was riding and uh, that he he couldn't get through the rubble. He had he stumbled over it. It was dark. I've kind of I've done that before. Just kind of uh, I love to be outside. I love to walk at night uh, or to be out here and just uh, thinking and praying about individuals, uh, individuals that come to my mind, my heart, if you will. Let's head to Isaiah 59, 
in verse 2, and I just want to talk about what barriers may be standing in the way of promised land. What barriers may be standing in the way of promised land? This is a very simple one to look at, and this is a this is a universal one, a universal barrier in Isaiah 59 and verse 2. The Word of God says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. You know, the Bible speaks that sin... And, you know, I think about the passage over there in uh, Matthew chapter 6, and it it talked about that, and it said that if you will not forgive others, neither will I forgive you. It's right at the end of the model prayer there, our Father which art in heaven, that one there. And he said, listen, if you're unforgiving toward others, I'm not going to forgive you. So it says that uh, that's a sin, by the way. And if we have that sin in our heart, it's saying that it causes our prayer life to go to shambles. Also, it says here, sin separates. Sin actually comes between us and God. You know, in the Bible, whenever the blood was applied, the blood was a covering. So what was between God and the sacrifice? The blood. You know, whenever uh, they applied the uh, blood on the Passover to the doorpost, when I see the blood... I will pass over you. So what is God looking at? Instead of seeing our sin, He needs to see the blood. Instead of seeing unforgiveness, He needs to see forgiveness. Instead of seeing some uh, hindrance, He needs to see a help. And say, I would rather be, say tonight in your heart tonight, say, I would rather be a, a help to promised land than a hindrance. How can I do that? How can I be a help? To promised land and not a hindrance. The Bible speaks that sin must be repented of. Sin robs us of salvation's joy. David said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. So sin, whenever he sinned with Bathsheba, it robbed him of joy. So folks, we've got sin separates us from God. Sin hinders our prayer life. Sin robs us of joy. Sin takes away God's power. I've seen churches become a shell of what they once were. Churches alive for Jesus Christ. Churches on fire for Jesus Christ. And sin, suck it out of them. Sin would come in and just rob a person, a family, a marriage, and a whole... I mean, think about it. You can have... I guarantee you, I guarantee you how many people I've seen churches... As a matter of fact, I was talking uh, to Rodney's uh, son-in-law, Trey, and he was talking about the First Baptist Church, the one he was helping in Pine Bluff, and how that it was a shell... Of what it once was. And it all related back to sin. A church that could fill an auditorium four times this big and boom! Sin robbed every bit of it. It doesn't matter how big you are. Just look at Goliath. It doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't, in in God's sight, sin can kill it. 
And sin can kill our hearts, our homes, our marriages. It must be repented of. First John 1 John 1.9 says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. You don't have to turn over there, but you can if you want to. I'm headed now to the barriers of bringing the lost to Jesus. I mentioned it this morning. Luke chapter 5, verse 18 and 19 real quick. Y'all are doing real good. Luke chapter 5, 18 and 19. Barriers to bring the lost to Christ. This is a famous story. It's, 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 uh, I, I kind of like the, uh, the, one, the one in Mark chapter 2. The whole story is a little bit better, but let's just jump on this one. It's the same story in Mark 2, Luke 5, 18. Jesus was in this house, you remember, and everybody's crowded around Jesus. They can't get him in there. But this fella has four awesome friends. Think about it. You know, think, I don't have just one friend. I've got four awesome friends that pick up my bed, pick up my cot, and they're going to take me to Jesus. They can't get me there. They said, no problem. I just happened to bring my shovel in my backpack. The way they built, and they still build houses over there today this way, they would build it. Remember Peter, whenever he had the uh, the vision about the house of Cornelius and the unclean animals, it says he was up on the rooftop, and it says in a trance. Basically, it means this. He went up there to take a siesta. <laughs> he's up there taking a nap, which tells me naps are scriptural, okay? That's good stuff. And so he's up there taking a nap, and he had, the Bible says that he has, he's in a trance. Basically, he, he started seeing a vision, and the vision of the unclean stuff. But where was he when he had the vision up on the rooftop? That was kind of like their front porch. Today, we actually have European-style homes. It all dates back then, not East, uh, Middle Eastern-style homes. And so they had a set of staircases up on the side of the house. Many of you have seen that set of staircases on the outside of a home. They went up there. Imagine this. Jesus is preaching in the living room, and all of a sudden the ceiling comes through. It's coming. I mean, it's starting to crumble down, and you all know the rest of the story. They're letting their friend down through the roof. Imagine that. We'll fix your roof as soon as we're done. Imagine them trying to explain that. If the homeowner's sitting there, what are you doing to my home? Verse 18 says, Behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by that way that they might bring him in, because of the multitude, they went up on the housetop and they let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. What an awesome story. So there's barriers. Folks, anytime you're trying to bring somebody to Jesus, look out. There's going to be a barrier. You know what most of our barriers are today to bringing people to Jesus? This is going to be a shocker. Excuses. Excuses. That's your biggest barrier you and I have. Because we live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Sure, our country may be a shell of what it once was, but we still have freedom. Let's use it while we have it. Most of the 
barriers to us bringing the lost to Christ or what? Excuse, I, don't, I don't know enough. I'm not uh, talented enough. I don't know. You know, and, and, and Hunter, you brought Hunter. That's cool. See, Hunter can do it. Where's y'all's excuse? See, see what I mean? So there's, we can, we can, that, that's our biggest barrier. That's our big, is, oh, well, I'm just, I, quit making excuses and just do it. Even if people don't come, say, I'd like to invite so-and-so. I'd like to invite so-and-so. I'd like to tell somebody about Jesus. Even for people who say, I don't know enough, we have tracks. Say, I know Jesus, this is a good track. Here, read it. You know, just whatever it takes, but most of us, our barriers to bring in the lost are what? Did these fellows make excuses? Nope. They made a way. <laughs> there was no excuses. That's the kind of friends I want. That's the kind of friends I want people to say, I, maybe a, there's a way around, preacher. There's a way to do it, preacher. We can figure out a way. It may not, we can't go through there. Let's find another way. That's great people to hang out with. People who will say, let's go through. <laughs> Let's go through the ceiling, all right? Well, lastly, there's a barrier of unbelief. I want to fit a slide back here to Matthew 13, verse 58. Matthew 13 and verse 58. The barrier says... He did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. The barrier to a lot of churches today is they just don't believe God. We may say we believe, but we don't act like we believe. We give Jesus lip service, but not life service. I, I believe you. Then we don't do anything. You know, in the previous verse there in Matthew 58, verse, must be verse 57, uh, Matthew 13, 57, it says that a prophet is not without, without honor save in his own country. It just simply means this, that, well, I, I remember you when you, uh, you were in diapers. People look at that there, and Jesus said, oh, man, I would love to do some awesome things here. But y'all just don't believe me. You just don't trust me. So again, what's the message about tonight? Are there barriers in the way of blessings? Sin is one of them. There's always going to be barriers to bringing the lost to Christ. And then finally, the last one, unbelief is a barrier. And we just don't believe Him. Whatever the Lord has for you, trust Him tonight. Whatever God wants you to do tonight, give your all to Him and say, I don't want, I don't want to be a stumbling block. I don't, if there's sin in my life, God, get, cover it with your blood. Forgive me. Help me to make it right. Help me to repent and turn to you. Don't let don't be the stumbling block tonight for others. 
that that God cannot use our church, that God cannot say, I, use me. May I be a vessel? Did you know the Bible says that there's vessels of honor and dishonor? There's vessels, a worthy vessel, vessels of gold, silver, precious stones. May we be a vessel just in his hands. The other analogy, the, the, the clay in the potter's hands. Just, Lord, take me and make me a vessel to be used by you. Whatever you want me to do, dear Lord, as we prepare for a hymn of invitation, whatever God's laying upon your heart, let God have his way in your life tonight as we pray. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity I thank you for everybody that made it out to your house tonight. I pray that our church would keep its focus upon you. To know that our goal, our purpose in being here is not maintenance, but mission. Our mission is to share the gospel that the lost might be saved. To represent you in our county, in our area. To tell others about you. To invite others here. Help us to not lose sight of that, that goal, that focus. In Jesus' name, amen.